1: The presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes, to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, AKA 5E is full spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com.
0: Welcome to another episode of well, I guess I don't know what this is an episode of. It's a it's a crossover episode of Red Seat Precap uh, OTM Pod. It's it's all of us celebrating celebrating a Red Sox win over the Yankees uh, Tuesday night in the Wild Card game. I am joined by Keaton and Brian, um, and this is just a few minutes after the game, so we're still kind of coming down from the high of the win. But uh, how how we feeling, gentlemen? How we feeling after this night?
1: feeling great oh there are a few things better in this world than beating the Yankees in October
0: I mean that was um, I I just kind of I wanted to start with just the atmosphere and the crowd um, I think that was about as electric as I can remember Fenway and this is probably some recency bias but since 2004 I mean the combination of a winner-take-all game against the Yankees and uh, the fact that there were no fans last year and even starting this year, there weren't very many. And I think all of that just kind of – the crowd was as electric as I can remember and it really seemed like the players are feeding off that. And I was just
2: curious if you guys got that same impression before we get into the actual nitty-gritty. I mean, they were talking about it a lot on the broadcast. Um, like not only were the, was the crowd amped, it was like they said on the StatCast broadcast – Evaldi was throwing like two miles per hour faster on all of his pitches than he generally has. Like it was just, it was the best possible environment, and then like sort of an anticlimactic game in the best possible way. But uh it's a am- like it's great because the Red Sox keep playing and the Yankees lost. It's the best of both worlds. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was hyping myself up for this one by watching uh, Renfro throw out Joey Wendell at third, and the crowd tonight was like it was on that play, but it was for all nine innings, not just one out, and it was just incredibly electric, and every time something happened, like throwing Judge out at the plate or Bogart's hitting a dinger, it was just so loud and exciting. It was clear that it was certainly affecting the players, it seemed like, on both sides.
0: And I I think that first inning was just so key. I mean, especially the top half with Valdi, just not allowing a run in the first inning was all that crowd needed to be able to sustain itself through the whole game. I think if um, I think if that ball from Stanton had been a little bit higher and left the park, I mean, this is obviously a totally different game, and I think it's a totally different crowd. So. Um, That first inning was obviously amazing. But, I mean, just Divaldi in general. Brian just mentioned about the velocity and all his pitches, but it wasn't... I mean, the velocity was great, obviously, um, but it was the other stuff that really stood out to me. I mean, his last start against the Yankees was just so bad. Um, He he just had none of his secondaries working, and then um, this time out, the curveball was awesome. He threw a few good splitters, although he didn't throw a ton of them, but um, everything was working, and this was... Garrett Cole was getting all the attention before the game, but Evaldi was very clearly the best pitcher um, at Fenway Park tonight.
2: Evaldi is turning into like the the newest Red Sox folk hero, and for very good reason. Um, his last two playoff starts have been just all time games. I mean, he lost. It wasn't. I'm sorry, he didn't start against the Dodgers in that game, but. He might as well have. Might and, as well six
0: innings. I think right. he threw more innings there than he did in this game.
2: Yes, he, yes, he did. And this game was just, I mean, he was grunting. He was just, it was just everything was on the table. And, I, I mean, I agree with you. The first inning, the home run, the two things that set the tone. Um, I mean, the tone setter was the home run, obviously. Obviously, obviously, obviously. And then... Uh, the play at the plate, and like those two things sort of define the game, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, what did we think? Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, and will It doesn't really matter at this point. But just out of curiosity, what were you we all thinking when Evaldi came out? That was obviously a pretty controversial controversial choice to bring of take Evaldi out after a home run that curled around. The right field pole, and then an infield single. Where we, where were we on that one, Keaton?
1: I get it, and I'm fine with it. It's a one game elimination. So even though you know he was shoving up to that point, gives up the homer. Another man gets on. You only got one out at that point. The score was a lot closer. You had to win this game to advance. It wasn't like you could leave him in there to try and get out of the inning, and then you know everything resets again tomorrow. So I get at the first. Sign of trouble, yanking him. I mean, that's the same reason why Cole got yanked so early. Then we're going to let him hang out there. They needed to reset with them, and uh, it, it wasn't like it was super early. I mean, was it five and a third. That's it's pretty solid. Five and a third, yeah, yeah, five and a third is pretty solid outing for
2: valdi So I get it. I agree, and I think that as easy it is to just look at how good he had been uh, and and question it. The whole point of this game is that you have everybody at your disposal. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a three-batter rule. But, uh, I mean, honestly, going to Brazier is just... That's some balls by Alex Cora, honestly. That was
0: that. I mean, that was the problem that I had uh, with the move. Was It wasn't so much taking out of Valdi was going to Brazier. But, I mean, Cora has... I don't know what it is. There's some sort of magic touch with him this time of year. Uh, with bullpen decisions, because some of these things have been nonsensical, even go back to Sunday when Martin Perez came in in a big spot, um, just things that make no sense, but it's working out every time, so I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep second-guessing how to score, because it's kind of what I do, but he just has a sense for these things, and I, to be fair, Prazier was not great, and he was bailed out on uh, something Brian mentioned, one of the big turning points of the game was Aaron Judge trying to score from first on a um, I guess it was. I don't know if they called it a singer. I think they called it a single on Stanton, um, but just to rock it off the monster and uh, perfect relay. But that ball was smoked. I mean, Brazier didn't really look great, but that that play was just perfect. Especially a, a Red Sox team that's defense has been so bad this year to have that big of a defensive play where everything just went so well. Um, that that was. I think that was the big turning point in the game. That was that was the point where it just seemed like this was their night.
2: I didn't think that Brazier's stuff looked particularly bad, honestly. Um, that obviously was a big hit, but um, the Yankees have good hitters. And the funny thing to me is that I uh, saw a friend of mine, a Yankees fan, on Saturday. And he was telling me, he's just like, Phil Nevin is like a windmill. So I thought of windmill, Kim, but he's, <laughs> Phil Nevin is just a windmill. And I just it just came... You know, came back to me now. I don't. It's not. It doesn't matter whether it's even the right or wrong decision. It's just something that I heard on Saturday that came in front of my face. But that was like, that was functionally the end of the game. Um, and I'm not saying that like to retcon it. I sort of thought that I was watching as I was watching. They get that run. It's a one run game, and everything is absolutely totally different. It didn't happen, and. The Yankees don't play anymore. Garrett Cole, the boy who grew up rooting for the Yankees, blew it for them. It's the saddest story in the world.
0: Um, I actually, I, at the time that sent, I thought that send was awful. But um, the more I watched that replay, I think it was um, on the Red Sox defense uh, more so than it was on anything else. I thought they just made a great play in that play from that play from Bogarts. The throw from Bogarts on that really was amazing, and Bogarts was. To me, Bogarts was the MVP of the game. Um, he hit that big home run in the first inning. He made that big defensive play. He had some great at-bats later in the game uh, to draw some big walks and keep some innings going. Um, Keaton, what do you think about that, Bogarts, as the MVP of this game?
1: Yeah, that's pretty much a no-doubter. Um, if Ivaldi could have been gotten a little bit deeper, then maybe we're, we're thinking about giving it to him. But you really kind of felt like this was coming. You know, I tweeted this out earlier. Like He had been – very clearly in a slump, but had been on the verge of breaking out of it against Washington. He only had three hits in the series, but he got on a base nine times in fifteen plate appearance. He had six walks. So he was clearly seeing the ball way better than he had in the weeks leading up to that series. So it really kind of felt like something uh, you know, that built up a bottleneck and something was about to give and first that bat. There you go. That's exactly what we were looking for.
2: I think that this was the person who came out of this game looking the best outside of Bogart's because Bogart's already an all-star, you know, is Hansel Robles. My word, the man was just on one. And, uh, he, he did the thing. And, uh, per, I think it was Chris Hatfield of Sox prospects. He was great in September. You need the thing with a, a bullpen is you need guys who are pitching well at the time. You need them to pitch well. Now we got a series against the Rays. I would expect Robles to be used heavily used in that series. That kind of also I mean, goes back. Sorry.
1: Go ahead, well, it kind of goes back to the Brazier thing too. Uh, with guys pitching well, I've not been much of a Brazier fan for his pretty much his entire tenure with the Red Sox. But there's no doubt that he is pitching out of his mind right now, and I actually felt good, going from Evaldi to Brazier, uh, which was a weird feeling for me, being a a big critic of Brazier, just because the Red Sox bullpen as a whole has been up and down, and it's been really kind of trying to ride the highs as long as you can, Uh, and that's what it feels like with Brazier right now. He's just on one, so you got to keep going to him, and Hansel Robles, too. Wasn't a great start in his first few outings with the Red Sox, but he's really settled in, and he's become a guy that really any situation in the game, you feel comfortable going to him.
0: Yeah, I mean, his whole career, Robles, he's been um, just, like, the epitome of hot and cold. And a guy who, if he's hot, he's going to be- look like one of the best relievers in the game. And when he's cold, he's going to look like he shouldn't even be in the majors. And he's he's getting hot at the right time. I mean, Brian mentioned it. You could go to uh, Chris Hatfield's uh, Twitter feed, which I don't have in front of me. Yes, I do. SP Chris Hatfield. He has uh, the numbers there.
1: But um,
0: I also wanted to give a shout-out to Alex Verdugo. Um, He had two monster hits in this game. Uh, They were already winning in these hits. It wasn't a come-from-behind RBIs or anything, but... the game would have felt very different without his three runs added on at the end. Um I mean obviously a three one game for those last couple innings we're all on the edge of our seats, six one. It's a little less stressful. So I mean Verdugo has been I wrote about this the other day, he's been Overall, the season kind of just okay. He's been a little bit above average at the plate, and he's been really kind of all over the place defensively. But when the moments have been biggest, he's come through with so many big hits, and we saw it again today. Two different kind of hits. He had one that he kind of just placed in the right field corner, and then a line drive the other way for a base hit to drive him two more. But this guy, it just seems like he his numbers don't look that great, but he's just one of those guys that when they need the big hit. He just seems to be able to do it.
2: That's true.
1: <laughs> That's all we
2: get. <laughs> no, but I mean, and I know from watching Twitter, I wasn't the only person to think of this. Still, not to just hard, still hard not to just think of Mookie. Um, but look, he he did the dang thing that he he also had a. I think it was a strikeout, a really bad one. But
0: well, he didn't I have any strikeouts today. But he he did
2: that last that last uh, big hit. He
0: did get thrown out on the bases, and it was an absolutely oh, I don't terrible base play. I,
2: well, I didn't care about that when I saw. That I didn't score. care about it either. I was too. When happy they scored about the two, two runs. if they had only scored one run, I would have been mad about it. Well, if at first, at first, I actually thought that the I was like, oh
0: man, did the, I thought the second run might have not gotten in, but it didn't seem like that was ever in question. So
2: I think well, I was because if the second run gets in, then trying to get second is sort of like a gambit to get that second run across. So I'm I'm cool with all of that. Uh, I mean, look, he's he's. He's part of the team, so let's let's see him do good things instead of bad ones.
0: Couldn't have put it any better myself.
1: Matt, you had a good tweet about this because I was I was quite annoyed with him getting thrown out, but it was it was kind of like sandwiching it within something nice. Like your your tweet, I believe, was like giving a dog a pill that's hidden in cheese. Oh, yeah. My, my buddy <laughs> that's a pretty Gus, good way to put my it. My
0: buddy Gus at home is taking a lot of pills lately, so I get dog pills on the mind. But uh, yeah, you, Verdugo is always going to make stupid decisions, whether it be in the field or on the bases. So you might as well just kind of sprinkle it in there when, when something good's happening
2: so you don't have to think about the bad. Or off the field. Am I not supposed to say that? Not, no, you just, can say that, and
0: that's that's all valid. Let's just move on. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we mostly covered it. Uh, we didn't mention the Schwarber home run. Um. That Ooh. was obviously big, and that was. Uh. I forget. It might have been Pete Abraham, but uh. He called it Ortizian, uh. Which I thought was a good adjective. Just between his swing and the flight of that ball, uh. Definitely gave me some Ortiz vibes there. But I loved putting him lead off. I thought that he. Um, just the at bats that he takes really did a good job of setting the tone in this game.
2: Yeah, yep. I agree. I, I I wrote that in the game preview that when I saw that he was batting leadoff, like especially against a guy like Cole. Like, look, the lineup only makes so much of a difference. But Schwarber will bleed you. And like just get do that as much as possible. Um uh you know I loved it, and it worked out great. So, uh, can we also can we also ahead.
1: talk real quick about Garrett Cole being afraid out of his mind <laughs> to face Rafael Devers? Like, is <laughs> that the <laughs> the good reason? I think but yes, yeah, well, yeah. He's tagged him for a couple dingers this this year, uh, for sure. And like the, the first at bat, he had he was ahead of him one and two, and then threw three pitches nowhere near the strike zone to walk him, like. Cole really seemed like from the beginning was kind of pitching scared and I think then Bogart's following it up with a home run really kind of drove the stake in him early. Yeah, he, he did re- seem I'm kind of like real, demoralized at that point.
2: I'm getting real Peyton Manning vibes from Garrett Cole here. Um, just like He's going
0: to be hosting College Bowl with his weird brother in a couple of
2: years. Actually, I think this gives too much credit to Garrett Cole because Peyton Manning is kind of funny and charming but more to the point that they're so good that when they're bad they just sort of like they just have this this melt and they're just like what the fuck is happening Um, and that it happens at the hands of the teams I like uh, both makes me very happy and <laughs> means I've seen both of those things happen
0: I, I do think it's funny I, we can call it funny now. It's kind of infuriating at the time. But um, just how bad this offense looked against all those junk-balling lefties the last week. I mean, they played like eight of them in a row, lefties that most of us have never heard of who top out at like 89, and they couldn't do anything. And then they faced the second-best pitcher on the planet and guy who averages 97 on his fastball, and they just light him up. I mean, it's just, it's just the way the season
2: has gone. It, it kind of fits perfectly. Um yeah, so I that's know, I don't know if he's the second best pitcher on the planet. Maybe who that's debatable. He's top five. Who's who, who's you're saying is best? DeGrom? DeGrom, obviously. Okay. So I think that I, I you can put Cole third, that's fine. But I think that and tomorrow we'll bear this out. Yeah, sure Scherzer. You, I mean, that's Scherzer fine. should be second,
0: yeah. That's fine. The point is he's better than um I don't know. Pick whatever Ori- Orioles pitcher you wanna throw out there, Bruce Zimmerman. Um, I'll
2: I'll take Garrett Cole over <laughs> Bruce Zimmerman,
0: but apparently the Red Sox will too yeah. in
2: terms of matchups. The only reason I the only reason I want to stress this is that I would be so terrified of the Cardinals winning tomorrow if the Dodgers does <laughs> not Max Scherzer. It's like the one person they can have where I'm like, all right, no, I still believe in the Dodgers to overcome the Devil Magic because Max Scherzer is not. He just he's not susceptible to that. So or, I'm sorry today when you listen to this, people. Go Dodgers. That's uh, that's fair enough. Um anything else
0: anything else from this game that we want to get to before we very quickly do a cursory Rays preview for like a couple of minutes?
1: Yeah. Starting with Nathan Eovaldi you... and finishing Go. with Garrett Whitlock was just delightful. Oh, perfect. Yeah,
0: Whitlock, it, it hurt a little bit that he gave up that home run just because it would have been nice if he could have had zeros across the board against his old team, but very much a fan of Whitlock closing out that game.
2: Matt, have you ever been quote-tweeted by a U.S. senator before? I I, uh, I uh, put checked that one off the bucket list
0: today. Uh, I did get quote-tweeted by a United States senator who agreed with my tweet. And he was uh, saying that he didn't want Hansel Robles in the game, so, you yeah. know. Typical U.S. government. That's um, right. Well,
2: well, look, I, look. I'm just the reason I'm happy is he's a U.S. senator from Connecticut. Every Connecticut yeah, Red that Sox fan means it's not a Connecticut Yankees fan. So good.
0: That is true. Um, what about you, Keaton? Any, anything else for you guys on this That's one? That's it. So, yeah, the Red Sox go to face the Rays next um, obviously the Rays are the best team in the American League they won 100 games this year um, we don't have the schedule yet for this we know game one's gonna be on Thursday we don't know what time but um, let's just go who is the the classic we'll, we'll go with the classic uh, sports radio question who's the key player who's the X factor for the Red Sox in this series
1: I'm gonna go Chris sale. Which seems like it. bland, but... No, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, going to need more than seven outs against the Rays. And uh, Sales kind of had some luck of a lot of the teams that he's faced since coming back have not been good. Uh, Tampa Bay is good. So this is going to be, whatever game he gets, is going to be a pretty big start.
2: Brian? I mean, he better get game one, right?
0: Uh, I would imagine he would be on regular rest, right? When did he start? Sunday,
1: Sunday to Thursday, and, and he didn't pitch very. No, much.
0: he wouldn't be on full rest. I don't know. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it. For some reason, I thought he would be on full rest.
2: Two and five. Two and five is as long as you get two starts. That's fine. Yeah. Um. But I, I, for me, I'm going JD because we don't know what's That's happening. That's a good one. Yeah. And he's sort of been slumping, but. I wrote this, and I think that tonight bore this out. If they're going to win, they need to hit. And J.D. has had problems and may not be as good as he was once was, but he is one of the best hitters in baseball. And if he can just get it together for a little bit of time, they can beat anybody.
0: I'm going to uh, go Nick Pavetta. I think Pavetta is going to be the guy... Um, not in terms of performance, but I think he's going to be the Ivaldi role in the postseason this year, where he's the third or fourth starter, but he's also pitching in relief between ties. I think we're going to see him bouncing back and forth, and um, he's going to be pitching in some big innings this series. So I'll go. I'll go with Pavetta. Um, all right, before we before we close this one out, predictions for the series. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you.
2: I'm going to say that I'm going to talk really slowly so I can think about it before I make a prediction. Don't worry. It's not midnight or anything. I know. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, I'll say raise in Six. Okay. Well, it's a five-game series. So uh, it's five-game. <laughs> Wait. Oh, it's a five-game series? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a five-game series. <laughs> Why do they do that That's so stupid? Sorry, I forgot that. Uh, <laughs> then let's go Rays four. Same shit.
1: <laughs> Keaton. I was thinking Rays five. five. This, this is the difficult part, so it's like it was great to see the offense break out. And now they're going to face the Rays, whose pitching staff is basically tailor-made to shut down an offense like the Red Sox. They don't allow a lot of walks, and they don't allow a lot of hard contact fly balls, which is – Kind of where the Red sox go, so it is not going to be an easy series. They are the the best team in the American League for a reason, and it feels like that's where the Red sox season stops. You guys
0: are nuts, Red sox in five. I'm sure I'll wake up tomorrow and have a totally different answer, but no
2: Matt yeah Red you'll, sox you'll say five. you'll say socks in six tomorrow morning when you, when you <laughs> to
0: i i just I just might um. All right. On that note, I think we need to end this and uh, read the rule book for Major League Baseball. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, you can, if you did, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I run the Over the Monster account at Over the Monster. Keaton is at The Spoken Keats, and Brian is at Brian Joyner. Brian with a Y, Joyner with an I. And uh, you can also read all of our writing at overthemonster.com. And uh, we will be back with you perhaps before the Ray series for a little preview. We'll see. Uh, But uh, we will be back at some point.